Krishna, Krishna. Could you not really slow down and ask question, who is giving the mind so much attention? Like, like it really was an important question? You say that it seems like there's just, there seems to be a tendency to give attention to the mind. It just happens, I mean, even without any effort, like some kind of reflex or something, it just goes to this position of, you know, giving attention to um, the mind in its, in its trivial pursuits, say, for instance. And, I mean, what can you do about it? Because it just happens. You can find out who gives it also. Who gives uh, this attention to that sort of, uh, those kind of thoughts? Just stop, 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 stop. Just like I say, stop, and it has a meaning. It has some. It conveys something, and some response happens to that, isn't it? In the same way, you find out who who is giving this attention to the mind, and you stop and uh, treat this question like it is really important to find out. Because why this question? Because it is immediately assumed that it is it is I, it is I, it is me, who is giving the mind all this attention. Okay. I don't know if anybody has really caught on the profundity of even the questioning, not the mind, but that which is giving attention to the mind, you see? And just slow down and find out for yourself. Don't get the answer from a book. Don't get the answer from a book or somebody else. F find out for yourself, because in the actuality of discovering it, no? Without using imagination. Even that questing is itself have a power. It's focusing the attention to try and identify the one who gives attention to the mind. And also what watches the one giving attention to the mind. First, try and find the one who gives attention to the mind. If it can be found, you look like that. Because you watch the action, you watch the somehow the attention going there again. What is doing that? And what what is that? That is something you can do. And to do this, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to get any tools. Right where you are, wherever you find yourself, this inquiry can be done. And I feel that there is much more profound than studying books or just watching videos or something. Find out and see if at the end of your finding, there is still what you call you, what you call you, either if that is still the same, if the one you that intuitively is sensed to be here, truly here, and not just a fleeting thought, you will, you will clarify uh, what when when I arises inside, you will know what it is. That is the most that, that don't miss this opportunity also. Don't just substitute a reading of confusion. Oh, I don't know. This is very poor, you know. The inquiry is very, very uh, swift and precise also at exposing the myths 
that we live with, you know, that we assume to be true. And I say, I don't want to give you too much time to do that also. You can do it right here while we are talking. You can do it. But what happens is that something sort of skips over that. And I wonder why. You should wonder, why is it that somehow, whenever this question is posed, they seem to be just, suddenly I'm tired. Hmm? Suddenly it just feels like, oh, that's just a lot of work. And what is feeling, oh, it's a lot of work, and it's so tiring to do it. Check out what is doing this also. The same culprit is probably there. The same culprit is probably still there. They're the same. Is behind it. I mean, we pick up such amazing questions. I mean, there are people who know exactly how far the moon is from the Earth. Oh, 240,000 miles. Oh, thank you. I mean, do we know this thing? It's been your experience. But, you know, these are presented as facts, and we pass on these apparent facts. They may be true, but they are largely unquestioned. Because we don't have enough interest anyway to find out these things. The the sun is 93 million, not 92, 93 million miles away from the earth. And this knowledge has been going on parading from generation to generation. It's accepted like that. And we build spacecrafts to go to the moon and to bounce about. And spend a lot of money to do that. But to ask the question, what is behind all this creativity? Who does it? Who is the I in it? Who says, I'm looking at the earth from the moon. One great step for mankind. Does that one know who he is? So my question is a much more basic question than a mathematician question or a physicist question. You may regard yourself as a physicist. What is a physicist? Who is a physicist? Something not just merely an answer, but something explodes out of the real inquiry, or implodes, you could say also, where that burns up all your so-called um, assumptions. So say again, what you, I forgot what you were talking about. <laughs> what is it? I'm sure you still remember. Uh, just that, that I see that something gives attention to the mind or keeps going back to a certain idea mm-hmm. um, or like the, also like the knowing that I am here mm-hmm. it's obvious I'm here like I'm here but mm-hmm. something then the mind then starts saying I'm here like and it, mm-hmm. you know it's not really but you're here as what now nobody can actually say I am not here no, no. so it's a common fact no that you will, you will, you will say, "I'm here." You feel I'm here. Even ignorant person, know I'm here. They will not say, "I'm there." Even someone in a mental asylum, you ask him, "Where are you?" I'm here. You say, "I'm over there." No, I'm here. So it's no big deal. You're here. But as what are you here? You should look. At least look, even if you don't find out exactly. The looking has its own power. Even if you did it for five minutes, a true five minutes looking is going to be worth much more than your speculation. 
even if you try and say failed, that trying genuinely is attuning your attention into the heart. That cannot be a failure. It does something. It's better than sitting around looking at the moon. She came today, no? She was she was reading this book. Was it today or yesterday? Yesterday. yesterday. And I said to her, she was saying she was having trouble with Bhagavad Gita. And I know why, you know. Translation. You know? Not only translation. Not only translation. Because most Hindus they know Bhagavad Gita. Because it's very much akin to uh, Hindu religion in a way, almost. Lots of do's and do's don'ts. So I said to her, there are other Gitas. And today we gave her one Ashtabhaka Gita. Better you read this. That will not trouble you. Hmm? Some scriptures will trouble you. You know, when you do this and then you know, don't do that and then so and so and so and it's like, you know, it's like, oh my God, I wish I didn't read that. Because it's allegedly come from God then. I don't know what to do with it. So I said, better you read the the Ribu Gita, the Avaduta Gita, or the Ashtavakra Gita. They won't trouble you. They will free you, help you to free your reader. Bhagavad Gita is very beautiful, but some people not ready to read. Some people they are very delicate and they don't need any kind of something that can be easily felt to be oppressive in its instruction. It's like some you must do this and be careful of this and those who do this they go to hell for a thousand years and oh my god well, and then you wish you hadn't read it or something and uh, and yet there's a time when you can read that and there's a beauty in it and also in the Bible myself also at a certain point I grew up with the Bible no? I grew up with it but later when this this thing took place for me then I had a, a thirst in fact Michael came and gave me a small New Testament, New International Version. New International Version of the New Testament doesn't have so much Tao and Tao art and Dine and so on. We grew up with this old King James English, Tao art, that and so on. Beautiful, poetic. But this one is more you are this and you are that, more contemporary um, English. And um, But a th- he gave this, and then I cleaned it up. Then I wanted more, and I went and bought a big Bible, and read it from cover to cover. Now, there are many things in the Bible that are not pleasant, but they were fine for me. I don't know why something was just 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 drinking in, and not I don't know maybe not judging. It wasn't judging, and. And there are people who like rules. It seems to serve them, that expression of consciousness that likes rules and so on, and find that rules, um, they're very rule-oriented, and so they develop good discipline, and they have a good sense of order and timing, and you know they get up at a certain time, and they meditate at a certain time, and they eat at a certain time, and they worship at a certain whatever like this. So for that type of temperament, some of these books speak to them much more. But... For, for us on Ruli Lot. Uh, well, I'm joking, of course. Partly. But uh, who are more able to appreciate the essence of things, but who also benefit from discipline? 
There's a natural discipline that arises out of understanding. So I don't know if we want to call it discipline, because I don't want to give a, a bad bad feeling about discipline. I think it is very good to us. And they, um, they don't want so many rules. They want to go more to the essence, and the essence has no rules. It's not that kind of duality. It's not a powerful duality. It's in some uh, scriptures, and yet in others they are just completely sh- shaving off all your all your identities, all your add-ons, until you are down to stick thin, and then you are vanishing from there. But to understand. It's very easy, particularly if, for many people in the West, very easy to understand because our intellects are sufficiently, you know, crisp to grasp things, but then to swallow and to assimilate them inside the being not easy. You see, because then, often you really come up with things which are blocked, seemingly blocked inside, and something wants to just jump over them. And if you are not totally present with that in the heart, whereby when you are, you are guided energetically, you are in an energetic relationship with that movement, then you sense when is the time to inquire in this time, and when is the time is not for inquiry. And the time is just for acceptance. Acceptance is the wind that's blowing now, and something just is very much. Another time is abandonment. Another time it's. Uh, it's prayer and giving thanks and showing gratitude to life. Another time is for fasting, and it, they do come up inside you. Those waves do come. How will you recognize them? You see, if you rely only on outer signs and people telling you it's not enough, you start to develop more an intuitive language, an intuitive way of sensing, because you 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 listen with your inner ear. And this inner ear is not listening to words or concepts. It's like attuning to a kind of vibration that you cannot speak about, but you just find that somehow you're left empty with nothing to say, but totally full in the beingness. And all directions they fail, they they dissolve. North, south, east, west, up, down means nothing for you at all. Then somehow your your mind is being attuned to to the nature of the self like that. Then don't be thinking, oh, but how can I get on in the world and stuff like this? This is the mind is still sending up some shoots. You have just mowed the lawn. Now the mind is already sending up some shoots. How am I going to get on? How can you do this kind of stuff? And where will you stand in this? First, you have to see who is being attacked here also. And they say any remnant of the person inside that will be, that will be feeling I I am under attack or something. But for the one who is quiet, sees that even this one is still a false. It's not true. And this will be the final vanishings. These identities will not be true. And what is left is nothing to debate about. Said uh, that we are so accustomed to effort that 
somehow we, we, we find it difficult to find a space of effortlessness. Yes. I find it so true, and that it is what I call discipline for myself, in a way. A lot of wrong effort. <laughs> yeah, wrong effort. <laughs> wrong effort. Right effort is okay. Some effort is going to be needed in the beginning to somehow correct the bad effort. It may take a bit of effort to discover the effortless. You see, because effortless, nobody can improve. It's just somehow whatever seems to obstruct the, the intuitive recognition of it, that is to be removed somehow. So this is when you use the word discipline in the correct sense. Hmm? It's like I need discipline to be effortless, <coughs> isn't it? Sometimes we think I need discipline, too much discipline makes you tight. Yes, sometimes it also makes you tight. Wrong kind of discipline. But the right discipline helps you to be free. And uh, some people think, you know, I'm free to do what I want. I said, but that's not freedom. Freedom is also the freedom to do what you must do. Also, to face that moment and to walk that path also. When it is right. And when will it, when is when is it right? These things you cannot put in the manual. You have to sense them. Your being becomes so sensitive. Your whole self becomes like like a spiritual organ. Your whole being becomes a spiritual organ, tuning into your source vibration, tuning in, listening like that. In the meantime, you chop your vegetables, you do your work, you send your emails. There seem to be the waves on the surface doing. You say hello, talking and stuff. You can still look at each thing in minutest detail and appreciate, but you don't have to carry them with you. You see. And one is finding that sometimes even perceiving is itself a strain. The functioning of perception, especially when done in the name of a person, itself is a strain. And this is why we have to sleep so much. In the old days, people were tired because they were doing physical labor a lot. But we are much more tired with mental labor, because and psychological labor, and emotional labor, like this. So, in whose mind does it take place that your perceiving leaves no burden at all? Only when there is no desire, no identity, no judgment, no fear, you see. Then the eyes open, the senses are functioning. It's like they're not working for anybody. They're working for the universal being, if you can say like that. And this question, who am I, is a profound joy, is there? Because it never produces a person anymore. There's no person to respond to this question, you see, this introspection. Just it introduces a space that is beyond person. And there the perfume comes from this place, you see. That peace and that joy. Hmm? In Bhagavad Gita it said something. One out of millions of beings are searching for the truth. 
in the right way. And from those, one out of millions, will find it as it is. No wonder people feel frustrated. Mm-hmm. It was like a lottery. And I say, but if it reads one out of millions, your attitude could be, well, if there's one out of millions, that has to be me. Why not me? But something inside has not been able to just accept that fully, knowing that the same totality, the same truth, is inside everybody already. And this is what is called the mystery, because we are all that. But awakening to this, being conscious of this, this is the this is the birth of spirituality. And I feel, why not? If one, why not a hundred? Why not two hundred? Why not? As the universe set a law against such things, I, I don't know. But I'm not prepared just to accept that. Should it be that a Buddha is released every two thousand years? I cannot accept that. The Buddha is in every form. It's there. You see. It's a question of attitude. This nobody can produce. It must already be in you. Some urge, some churning is already present that yearns for, just like when you fall in love. It's an expanding, it's an expanding power. More and more it's growing, stronger and stronger it's growing. Then when you fall in love with the true, then something stronger is pulling, pulling. The pull becomes stronger and stronger, you see, until it is just inevitable. It is inevitable, meaning the truth cannot get away, or your blindness cannot persist, whichever way you want to look at it. Everything false becomes painful. Everything false becomes painful, Vasu say. Whatever is not true becomes painful, and. When we act somehow, if our actions hurt other beings in some vicious way, even in some um, lack of awareness, and it comes back to you, there is the triple time more painful than normal. You see, and that's your own inner Zen stick that keeps you on the path. If there were not beings like this, I don't want to be on this planet. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be on any other planet either. But I don't want to be here. If there was just here, just to kind of have, get some fame, get some money, you marry a good cook or whatever, have a few children, you know, take holidays when you want. What the hell are you doing here? There has to be more than that. Even for a fool gazing up into the stars, must have this glimpse that it has to be more than this. Look at the, the the possibility, the potential of the consciousness, the behavior of consciousness and the mind inside his body, and ask how far can it go and where can it end? What is the most auspicious discovery that can be made? And keep quiet, but don't fall asleep. Keep your question alive in you. And this universe has to answer this question, not only in words, but in feeling or something.
you see. Thank you.